Hi everyone, welcome to season two of the Aussie Age Group Up. Uh, season one followed my progress as I trained up for the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in Lady Finland and the full distance Ironman World Championships in Nice, France. And uh, that's probably enough about me. So season two is dedicated to all the other athletes. Uh, the first off the rank is a triathlete from um, Geelong. Her name is Kayla Morton. She qualified for the Ironman World Championships uh, in Kona this year uh, so that's the women's event I of course attended the men's event and uh, she is off there uh, very shortly in fact she will be competing there this weekend uh, so earlier this year I spoke to Kayla um, we had a little bit of a chat and uh, looked at her progression from starting triathlon and then coming all the way through to the point where she qualified this year uh, do hope you enjoy welcome Kayla to the age group, uh, the Aussie age group. I've even got to get the name right. I keep forgetting what it is. So, um, but um, how long have we known each other? What, three-ish years, something like that? I think I started in, well, I did my first triathlon, I think, in 19. So I think I joined with GPC at the end of, like, 19, start of 20. So somewhere along those lines, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> so what was your first triathlon it, it, overall? So my first one was the last the last two XU that was in Port Arlington. Oh, I was at that one. Yeah, I did that one. Yeah. Was that the windy <laughs> one? Is, yeah, so funny to look back on. Like yeah. wasn't planned at all. Borrowed a bike, wore the same thing the whole time. Like I didn't have clipping pedals, anything. And I don't think I'd even swum in the ocean in like years on it even ever competitively and people were like you do realize that's a really hard one to choose and I think it might even have been an Olympic distance yeah so was that the one where the, the wind they were pulling people out of the water halfway through or was that I the think, year before yeah yeah it was <laughs> it was just crazy I remember yeah I do remember that one that, that was actually hard that was, I really that was one of my favorite two XU races I'm disappointed they got rid of it actually yeah it was I only did it once but a lot of people said that I kind of get sick of the two x you were just kind of between our wooden security you kind of just feel like you're always in the same area similar stuff beach road just gets boring after a while doesn't it for me anyway <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so that was your first one what, what prompted you to get into triathlon why why that so i was actually living down in apollo bay and one of my good friends who i lifeguarded with when I'd just gotten out of school before I went overseas who I, her and I actually went to Utah together and now we've qualified both for kind so it's pretty special she when we we're lifeguarding she used to go for these crazy runs like 20ks 30ks in between our breaks and I just used to think she was crazy and then when I was down there in the summer she always does um the Peter pub and mountain to surf and she was like well you should come and do it so I went and did it like and I had so much fun like the two races like obviously one's on the Friday and one's on the Saturday and then yeah. after that I was like I'm going to do a triathlon and then yeah then I just signed up for the one in Port Arlington yeah so just um coach yourself sort of through to that one and or just or just I don't even up think or... I really did any training like I don't think I got onto I think I might have got on the bike at the gym <laughs> at the gym and like I was still I went to gym but like I didn't I was kind of in a bit of a party here so it's just like you know I, I think I did one swim in Apollo Bay in the ocean 
and before I did and I was like oh I'll be fine like I could always run but um definitely probably wasn't fit enough to do a triathlon looking back on it so then did you come across to GPC after two weeks you or was it a little bit later or so it was that, that I don't know when that I think the Port Arlington one was almost like the second last of the season it must have been maybe the start like in March because I did the next one after that in St Kilda yep. and then I went up to Buller for the season and then I joined GPC at the end of that year. Cool. And look, um, yeah, we've known each other on Instagram since then as well. And you, yours, mm-hmm. uh, your handle is Kales Road to Kona and we're going to come to <laughs> Kona because I'm very excited for yeah. you. I'm, I, I do need to know now, um, you're going to have to come up with a new handle for your, for your Instagram page. I because know, I'm, I know, because you know. at first it was... It used to be Road to Ironman and then I did an Ironman and then it became Road to Kona. And I, someone said that to me now. They're like, what's your new thing going to be? I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to come up with something. So if your first was sort of around about that 2019-ish, 2XU or 2018, yep. um, that's a because your first Ironman was 2019? 21. Oh, 21. Was it Cairns, was it? Yeah, so I did... The two I did the two XU the last two I guess of the two XU in nineteen and then I did yeah. I guess the series in twenty yeah. and then I had planned to do obviously training training and then I was like I'm going to do a half and then I think in twenty what the start of twenty one I planned to do Shep but then we hit COVID yeah so or maybe it was Geelong but it was delayed like it was just continually delayed because of COVID so. So your first Ironman then was the 21 cans that there's actually meant to be quite a few of us going up to that. And I was one of the ones who was sitting at home watching everyone else fly up. So was that that your first one, that one, was it? Yes, it was, which was really <laughs> such a, like looking back, it was such a crazy time. Like, awesome, man. I remember leading up to it because obviously everyone that followed me had seen, you know, all the, like all the delays of me doing my first half I actually was supposed so I did Geelong in it must have been it was supposed to be February ended up being March and then or the end of Feb and then I was planning on doing Port Mac half but then the floods came and that got cancelled yep and I was like oh I was like I remember being really disappointed about it and you guys were all training for Cairns and I remember riding with Steve and Ben and and Steph and they're all like, you need to just transfer to the full at Cairns. And I was like, no way. Like, there's no way I'm ready for a full yet. So I remember signing up. Like, in the end, I just bit the ball and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do the change and get it done. And then I think the next weekend after I'd signed up was Challenge Chev. So I did the Olympic distance and then I remember I finished the race and Steph was like, all right, now, and it was really windy and he goes, all right, you've got to go out and ride another 40Ks now. You're in Ironman prep. And I remember, like, getting all, like, the training was fine, got it all done. And then I was up at Buller, actually, and we, a few people, like, the Monday, Tuesday, had started to message me saying, when are you flying out? And I was flying out, must have been on the following Thursday, I think. Yep. And... Everyone was like, you should probably look at flights. Like, I think we're going to go back into lockdown. And I was like, 
oh, it, it'll be fine. My bike was actually in with the mechanics in Geelong and I was obviously all the way at Buller, so there wasn't a lot I could do. And on the Tuesday, I remember speaking to Ben Johnson and he was like, no, nah, I'm flying out in the morning. And I was like, I, I've got to get my bike like from Geelong. I can't fly it. Like there's too many things to plan, but I'm just going to sit on it for the night and see how everything goes in the morning. Yeah. But I had packed a suitcase anyway because I was like pre-planning that maybe I was going to do this like exit. And in the morning, my boss called me and he was like, you need to get, and there was obviously chats going in our GPC group and Steph was telling everyone to calm down and people were choosing whether they were going to fly out or not. And I remember my boss called me from Melbourne and he said, if you're going to get on, I want you to book a flight right now. Like you need to get off the mountain. And I remember calling Steph saying like, I'm leaving. And he decided he was going to fly too. So I was like, you need to get my bike from Geelong. He was booking us flights. I made this mad dash from Bullard down via my parents' house, which is a little bit out of the way, um, getting to the airport. And I remember packing my stuff in the car park at the airport um then we actually we managed to get on the flight and then all the flights were sold out there was a few of us that were on different flights I think Steph and I were on that only flight and landing in Brisbane and then when we landed in Brisbane they were like the borders are closed so we were very lucky and when you guys were doing all of that I was sitting at my work uh, watching all of this unfold knowing full well that I just couldn't get out of work um i had my wife mm-hmm. sending me a message saying hey just go you're fine you're it's right you can and I, I just for me it was like an extra week i couldn't i just couldn't justify it for me um and there was yeah. liam as well who was meant to go up and do it and, and he and i were separately messaging each other going what is going on and oh my god everyone's going except us and he was stuck at school and i was stuck at work so um, that was kind of cool just to sort of see everyone finally get up there and, and do it. But you just had mentioned then your work and your work pops up a little bit in terms of both on your social media and when you talk about it. And you've obviously got a very supportive work because, you know, not many people have their boss ringing up and saying, hey, go to Cairns a week early so you can go do something <laughs> for you and stop working for me. So who do you work for and what, what is your role? Um, so I work for the Red Drop Group and we own... 25 stores now across Victoria and New South Wales. Mm-hmm. So I work uh, at the moment, I'm store managing up at Buller. Yep. But uh, in the off season, I work in the operations team and I travel around a lot. So one week, I, one day I could be in Melbourne, the next I could be in regional. Like it's, it could be in New South Wales. It's, but I love it. It definitely keeps me on my toes. That's like, lots of different a lot of people follow my Strava and they're like I can't keep up with you like one week you're here one day you're there so I get a lot of different training in and I am super lucky like my the owner of the company and the COO have both actually done an Ironman themselves so I think they live vigorously through me wishing that they could still do it but a lot of people so many people in my company are so supportive I'm so lucky that you know, I can, well, I can make my roster in, in, a, in my own sense. Like I do work a lot of hours, but they're really flexible yep. on what I want and I'm so lucky. So how do you balance your work with your training? I, um, 
actually, no, you explain because I, I know what I see via your socials. Um, so I've got an idea of sort of how you do it. And um, it's at a time of the day that I'm usually not awake. But um, yeah, <laughs> what is it? And obviously, you're moving around a lot. So, you know, give us an idea. How do you sort of plan your day if you know you've got a big day of work, but then you've got a big training day? What What's yep. the thought process that you go into? So generally, <clears throat> throughout, like through the week, I, I know what I'm going to be doing. It's just what the hours are of the training. So I'm a, I'm a morning person. Most people think I'm crazy, but a lot a few of my sessions, you know, sometimes I'm up at 3.30 writing, mm-hmm. writing at 4 o'clock and it's actually, I had a laugh when I was training before Cairns this time because a few of my runs actually said night run. They didn't even come up as a morning run. <laughs> you were so early so, the day before. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But generally when I know what my program is and um, where I'm going to be for work, so if I know that I've only got 10 minutes to go to work or if I have to drive half an hour, generally I plan it around that. So I know, all right, I've got to get up at this time so I can get home, get showered, get changed before work in enough time that I can, um, you know, get it done before work. But generally I try and get like, if I'm also, if I know that, you know, the pool closes at eight o'clock and I'm not going to finish till seven, and if I have a run on a sim, I try and get my sim done in the morning and the run at night because I can run anytime, anywhere at night. But, yeah, generally it takes a lot of planning. up. It depends where I'm going to work, how long it's going to take me to get to work to then what time I'll get out of bed. But normally I'm out of bed by, like, between four and five, sometimes earlier. <laughs> well, my my shift work, you know, my roster starts at seven in the morning, so my alarm normally goes off at a little bit after five o'clock and of course as is the way you know you get grab your phone and you look at it and open up instagram and the next thing i know at half past five there's a bloody story there from you and oh early morning runs and it's just like it's a kick up my bum too it's and like you're actually holding me accountable because i see yours in the morning and if i'm feeling a bit flat off um you know, a bit lethargic that afternoon i'm like well hang on kayla's just gone out and done her 20k this morning sometimes you and i are on very similar programs um and yep. i'll be like well i've got to get mine done i've got to, i've got to get it done because if kayla can do it beforehand i've got to be able to do it after so um you yeah, know hats off to you that you can even do it and i can just imagine your car um is just full of tri gear and work gear and smart trainers and god knows what else you have to take up to buller and then probably bring it all back again do you I have a trainer and a bike that I leave up there, but generally everyone has a good laugh at my car all the time because it's like a soccer mum's car. The seat's down. There's always like, you know, buckets of clothes, like wetsuits, bathers, (laughs) shoes, you know, shoes for this, shoes for that, my pants. Like, yeah, my car's always full of everything. So it's a bit of a gypsy life sometimes, I think. Fantastic. Now, um, so Cairns was your first one um, and that went, relatively okay didn't it I think it was sort of drama free apart from the drama of getting up there I think it was drama free would that be right yeah Um, I'm going to get to the next two because that's why I wanted to get you on because um, there were some elements to the next couple that were just sort of like I reckon other people could probably learn from some mistakes maybe that you perhaps made or some decisions you made that went oh god and that's that's backfired on you so the following year we went to Port Macquarie so we're looking at Port Macquarie last year I think it was yeah. um and you yeah you were there and 
Well, tell us what happened the night before you ended up racing. Yeah, so the night before, obviously, uh, during Cairns last time, and that was obviously the first time that I qualified for Kona, but obviously COVID happened and all of that. So I was really adamant. Sorry, was that the one you qualified for Kona was, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 21 was the first one. Oh right, I didn't even. I didn't. I thought this year was the first time. Oh, I didn't realize you'd already done that before. Yeah. So, but then COVID, we were in the middle of COVID, and then our they changed it to Utah, and I had already qualified for the half there. So I decided that I wasn't going to go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So obviously at Port Mac, I knew that I'd qualified for Kona before, so I was adamant this. This time has to be it. I need it. I was very, one, I feel sometimes triathlon, I'm not sure if you ever feel this, but when you get on like a, a wall path, of, I was just obsessed with it and I needed to do it. Um, And when it doesn't go right, it's not always the best. But so my family had flown, they flew up on the Saturday morning and we went out to, out for lunch. Uh, probably should Which everyone done, does in Port Macquarie. Everyone goes out for lunch. Everyone finds a nice coffee to have. I'm guilty of it myself, yep. Um, then I just sort of didn't feel... We were walking back and my mum and my sister wanted to go into the merch tent and I was like, I don't feel that good. I think I'm, we're walking around and I broke, started to break out in the sweat. And I was like, I need to go back to the hotel room. Like, I don't feel very well. Uh, everyone was like, it's just nerves, it's just nerves. But I vomited like a fair bit and I something in me, I knew it's not nerves because I, I wasn't that nervous that I'd feel that way. Yeah. They went to the chemist to get me some hydrolyte, tried to pump my body back with some things um, and then was drinking a heap of water and I still couldn't hold that down. Like I got back up and just vomited all the fluid backups and I knew probably from that time like this this is not good uh one of our family so friends what, that we grew what up time with was this at? um this was probably about three or four in the afternoon and race start is about 7 20 or something the following day so we're 15 or so hours away from race start 19 yeah 15 16 hours something like that yeah so i knew yeah. i still had a little bit of time and i was like don't don't freak out. It's going to be all right. But in the back of my mind, like I knew this is not good at all. Uh, one of our family friends actually moved up there and she worked at the local hospital. And my sister's a nurse as well. So they got into contact and they said, bring her up. We'll put you on a trip. Uh, so there I was and it was COVID. So nobody could actually be in the room with me. Um I was on a drip, lying in the hospital bed. I think I cried a little bit too, um, <laughs> a few times. And the doctors kind of recommended to me, or they were running tests and she was like, they were really good though. She was like, I'm going to do my best to help you get to the start line. And I don't know how much of the Ironman you're going to get done, but I know that I can help you get to the start line. Yep. And... I'm very stubborn 
and I've got that from my father. So <laughs> um, I ended up, they were like, we'll let you go home. We don't, re- they didn't really recommend that I did the triathlon, but all the Ironman, but I was still going to do it anyway. Um, so I went home, tried to, I ate like a few mouthfuls of food to get some food into my body. By this time, I think it was like 12, 31 o'clock. So it was getting late. Slept for a few hours, woke up. I felt okay. I actually felt okay when I woke up. Uh, my mum and my sister obviously were there. I was doing my drink bottles last so I was like, I'm going to go to the start line. And I remember seeing Steph and somebody else in the transition and they were just looking at me like, what are you doing here? And they obviously felt bad because they knew like, oh, she might, I think everyone thought, oh, she might be able to last through it. So I just actually, my end going into it was like, I'm going to do the swim and the bike and just see how I go. But also I knew like once I start something, there's no way I'm going to get a DNF. (laughs) So started the swim. I felt okay. Got onto the bike and I got onto the bike. Yeah. And I hated like looking back now, I just, it was a shitty day. It was windy. It was raining. And I just yep. was having a horrible time. I got through the first lap and I felt okay. And then the second lap started to feel pretty nauseous. I hadn't drunk that much. So on the second lap, I was trying to get some fluids in, but I actually couldn't keep any of it down. Like I was just vomiting it back up. So I just gave up with that really. Eventually I got off the bike and got on to the run and it was I, I still slight like sometimes visions of it I don't remember but like a little bit of it I do and I just remember it being so hard and it started to get darker and obviously I'm still doing my laps and I could still couldn't have any hydration so I was just trying to water on myself to keep myself cool and tried to have a few drinks but obviously just still vomiting it back up and I remember on my, I think it was the second lap coming back around and I could hear Pete Murray's voice and looking at the time clock and I think it was, my first time in was 11 hours 13 and it, by this point it was like 10 to 10 minutes until it was 11 hours and I was thinking, oh my God, I still have another 20Ks to go and this time, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Last time I was doing my first Ironman, like, I was getting ready to finish. Yeah. And I got really emotional at that point. And I remember coming around the corner and I saw my mum and sister and I started crying and I was like, I don't think I can do this. And they were like, you can, you just got to keep going. And it was right before that point in Port Marquette, you go up the hill. Yep. Um. So seeing them, like, made me really emotional. And I think that's when I was like, this is hard getting too much and I can't do it but I ended up pushing myself through and getting through the next two laps pretty slowly I think I don't to be honest I don't think I've ever actually looked at my times or my finishing time because for that one it was just about getting to the line and being done with it (laughs) and which is exactly what you do and it did and I remember um 
I actually remember and hearing about what had happened the night before. I mean, really, you shouldn't have been on the start line, but you were. Um, and I do yeah. remember saying, I think it was to Emily or to someone saying, regardless of the time, you've just learned something about yourself that you perhaps didn't know. And yeah. yes, you didn't get the result you wanted and you probably didn't get the time you wanted. And it doesn't really matter in the long run. The fact of the matter is you're in the drip the night before. So what you wanted to do had to completely change, but you've actually, you actually would have learned something from yourself and probably I would imagine use that in future races where you've gone back when you were feeling a bit tough or it was getting a bit hard and you've gone, well, is it as bad as, you know, my time in Port Mac? And if the answer was no, then you're probably okay. I'm okay then. Mm -hmm. Um, Afterwards, like for me, because obviously I was, just so out of none, you know, qualifying for Corona and stuff. I, it took me a while. Like I remember just being sad about it for weeks and people that don't really understand, you know, doing Ironman and stuff, they go, oh, you know, there's plenty more races. Like you'll be fine, you're young. And I was just like, no, 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 no. So I kind of had to jump, which has ha- also happened in Mexico, but I kind of had to jump off that bandwagon of Corona for a while and just, you know, focus on training again and, what was going to be my next goal and getting on back on track. So but I moving knew on from I sorry. No, sorry. Okay. When I finished that, I kind of knew, you know, I if I can do an Ironman with having food poisoning the night before then and, you know, having the determination, the strength to push through then I can do anything. Absolutely. And, well, I'll jump ahead because I know um... – you know, we went to, you did Utah as the 70.3 world, which was looked like yep. an amazing experience. But mm-hmm. I'm actually going to skip past that because I want to follow that food poisoning theme. Um, because after Utah, you then went and you did uh, Ironman Cozumel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, correct. It was. And, um, well, look, I just remember in your, in your um, in, again, in your social media, I remember you, you were sort of documenting your training and I was very jealous of where you were and it all looked nice and warm and beautiful and everything else. But there was a, a particular post that you put up about how refreshing a coconut was on the side of the road that you'd had. And I must admit, when I read that, I went, ooh, for me, I'm not a fan of coconut milk. And I just thought, oh, out of the back of it. But And I don't know whether that was the in the, in the end, but you had a little bit of an issue around sort of, your health around Ironman Cozumel, didn't you? I did. I did. So the drama continued. So I did Utah, <laughs> went to went to Cozumel, and I actually went there two weeks early. So I was putting in some good training, like feeling good, like super adapted to the heat and whatnot. Then Tuesday rolls around and race days on Sunday. And I was out and about doing, like, I actually was trying to, you know, relax a little bit, which I'm not a person who relaxes. I need to be doing stuff. <laughs> doing something, yeah. Um, and I actually went home early. We were out doing, like, some ATVing and we were out on a boat, all, like, some of the morning. And I asked the tour guide, oh, I feel really sick. Um, I need you to take me home. And then I'd started to feel like I did at poor Mac couldn't sleep was getting stomach cramps and I was like not again yeah and then I start that night I started vomiting and from then on like my health just deteriorated quite quickly 
um, obviously being in a foreign country wasn't ideal either, not being in, in an English-speaking country. And turns out I actually had a parasite. <laughs> now, do you know where you picked that parasite up from? Nah, I, I don't. So they say it can be from water or food. Obviously, I was drinking bottled water and I... I don't eat meat anyway, so obviously apart from the coconut, I don't. I'm not like a street food eater. And I was being yeah. so careful what I was doing, but it's just one of those things they say in Mexico. They're so easy to pick, it up. to pick up. And it was only because I and I look, you know, it could have come from anything. I just remember seeing that, and I was just like, oh. for me, for me, it was a little bit of a red flag for me, and that I was like, oh, I'm not sure that I would actually be game enough to do that, but. Um, I know that mm-hmm. I sort of shut myself down when it comes, you know, I get very, um, like someone coughs at work and I'm walking the other way sort of thing, you know, I, <laughs> I'm like that at the moment, you know, I just, I'm, uh, yeah, antisocial at the moment, very much so. So COVID was a good thing for me, you know, just to remove myself from people <laughs> yes. and keep myself healthy. Um, all right, well, look, we're, we're, I'm just looking at the time here, we're sort of... Um, getting towards the end, but um, some of the things, so obviously there's some big challenges that you've had to face. So I know that if, if that was me, um, that would probably really affect, I guess, my mental health in terms of, you know, was it, is it worth doing or, you know, how do I get through it? So were there any sort of strategies you put in place to, I guess, I don't know, overcome these personal um, challenges that you were facing? So, yeah, definitely after this one, I was like, you know, I again, the Kona thing, it was just like anyone that knows me kind of like knows it was just like, and it, doing triathlon Ironman does become like a bit of, a, of an obsession. So it was just like Kona, Kona, Kona. And then for this to happen again, I was just devastated. And I actually couldn't, the the recovery for this one was, a lot longer than Port Mac. So I got it in November, end of November, and returned back to Australia till December, or in mm. December. And I actually couldn't race all summer. So it was just, I don't know how I get through it. I feel like training definitely, for me, like my mornings and the training are what keep me going. And I just kind of, I was not training a whole lot. I was just trying to get done what I could do. Um, but it was definitely hard being on the sideline for so many races. Then mm. I actually ended up in hospital again, <laughs> yep. I think in March. So, which just was leading up into, a into week, Port two May. weeks out into Geelong. So, two weeks, a oh, week Geelong, out yep. from doing Geelong, which, which I decided I was going. I hadn't done a whole heap of training, but I was going to do it just to see where I was at. Um, then yeah, I ended up getting a stomach bug. So I was back in hospital again and I was kind of told that I think you should probably, you know, put cans on the back burner and just try and focus on your health for a little while. Yeah. But that definitely wasn't going to happen. (laughs) Chris here, just jumping in quickly. Uh, It was at this point that our Zoom meeting actually ran out of time. So uh, it was a very quick uh, stoppage, uh, formatting of the files, and then starting up a new meeting. We shall carry on. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's funny how quickly that time goes. 
you start to sort of realize. And then, of course, the moment I shut it down, it wants to convert all the files into an audio file. So then it's just, you know, that's my issue, not yours. All right. So, um, <laughs> so we've, um, yeah, you've, you've obviously come back. You didn't get to race over summer because, you know, you had a flare up of that, um, of that bug and they were telling you to, to not go to Cairns. Um, but yep. you've already indicated that, you know, you're stubborn and you don't and listen to me. And my coach as well was telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> don't go. Yeah. Um, but you you went anyway. Um, and in terms of sort of a race, do you, do you feel that Cairns this year was perhaps the one that it all came together or were there still issues that you faced or how did you go with that? So after I, the last, so Geelong was in the March, wasn't it? 20th of March, something like that? Uh, yeah, something like so, that. They changed the date this year, yeah. So after that, I probably, I had like, I think it had like less than three months and I was like, right, I need to get all these sessions right. Like, and, and my prep leading in after I ended up in hospital at that time, like felt really good. Everything was going really good. So leading into Cairns, I was like, this one's got to be the one. It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, leading into it felt really good race day normally when I like hitting the sim you know what it's like this thing's chaotic and your nerves like heart rate goes through the roof but I was really probably two weeks out at work I was really nervous for the week and then then the nerves went away and on race day I was my lucky enough my mum was there and felt really calm it was like the sim's my weakest so for me just to get through the sim then I know like I'm okay and it's not an easy swimming games either. Yeah, so started the race and I actually my heart rate didn't go up at all during the swim and I was it probably my swim is always a bit slow but it it probably wasn't my fastest swim but I think I swam like six or so minutes maybe a bit quicker than I did last time I was in Cairns so obviously I swam a bit faster. Um, got out of the swim onto the bike, felt really good was feeling really good the first lap of the bike. And then, as we know, on that bike course in Cairns, the wind gets up. <laughs> so yep. coming back from Port Douglas, it was very windy. And I was keeping an eye on the clock and I was like, well, I'm tracking okay. And then I got a bit down at one point because I'd looked and I was very, a bit down. I think I did five hours 40 in Cairns last time and, there was no way I was going to do that this time. Yeah. Um, and then so got off the bike onto the run. Always feel pretty good on the run. And, you know, it's uh, even more special when your family's on the sidelines. So there's those people that the crowd in Cairns is amazing. But, is. you know, the, those people that are just in the same spot every time. Cheering you on and my mum was there. So that was even more special. Got through the run probably not my quickest um but all in all I felt really good throughout the race and I was my mum was cheekily on the sideline telling me what position I was coming in and I was sitting in fourth and I knew I had would have like there would be about five slots for Kona so I would have to get top five but a few people actually didn't start the race so in our age group so I was like maybe there's only going to be four and I remember with two Ks to go, this really tall girl with really long legs just 
came storming past me and I looked down at her leg and she was in my age group. And I thought, no, there goes my slot for Kona. And I'm trying to run and keep up with her. And I just, I couldn't keep up. Like I was pretty tired and she was just obviously saved a bit more gas than me till the end. So I actually finished the race feeling a little bit shitty (laughs) as I do. If I don't race how I want, I get a bit grumpy, but I was actually just so happy to finish the race with no injury or not feeling sick. So that was a positive note. And then yeah, and happened to tune in was, and, and see you cross the line. It was actually, um, yeah, it was really good. It was because um, I have, well, obviously I've been to a few in the last year and a bit and this was the first one I'd sat out. So it was actually really good to actually sit back in front of a TV again and watch some of the people I knew um, cross the line. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, so got it done. Got it done in the end. I think at 11 hours 45. So slower than last time but still had a good race. Yeah, so you crossed in fifth in the end up fifth in age group so you roll yep. rock up to um yeah roll down the following day what what are you what 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 are your thoughts how are you feeling as you're turning up i was i didn't really know what i felt to be honest like a lot of people say i spoke to you know people from my work and there were so many messages i was trying to respond to but when i finish an iron man i feel like the next day I don't have any emotion. Like my body's so drained from, you know, competing that I I don't ever know what I'm feeling. Yep. I was kind of nervous. And then Pete Murray goes, oh, because normally there's like a little bit of paper and it tells you how many slots are in each age group, but they didn't have that. So then they decided they were going to do the males first from the highest age group down to the lowest and then yep. the same in the females. and. Obviously, my age group's like second last in that there's one more that's the lowest before me. So it it took a long time to to get to me. But then when he announced, I just remember sitting there and my friend, Lara, who we did our <coughs> the, uh, the Utah together and she's qualified for Kona. I remember she was recording me. <laughs> I was like, stop recording me. But, and I remember sitting there and I started to sweat and then he said, uh, females 25 to 25 slots and I think I lost my shit a little bit <laughs> um so, so yeah, did you take the um did you take the fifth spot or were there people above you who declined or already had a spot I think there was only one person so after me it would have rolled down but yep. most people took theirs fantastic nah that's what it's so I know I sent you a message, I don't know whether it was a day or two later or something, and I just asked how you were feeling about it. The impression I got back was actually one I I really um, sympathised with because I know when I qualified for Lardy, I was walking around in a bit of a daze going, what the hell has just happened and what am I doing? Um, And that was the impression I got from your message back to me was that you hadn't really processed it yet. And sometimes I feel like even still now that, because, you know, what it's like being so, like, work life is very busy that, yeah, it took me a few days to, I was excited, but, like, after the game, uh, after the game, after the roll down, we went to the brewery and had some food and a couple of drinks. And I still feel like even when I woke up and I flew home, I was like, I I don't know if I'm, I should be excited, but I don't know if I am because it doesn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah, and probably start feeling real when you get a bit closer. 
yeah, there was posters everywhere. And then I started to see people and everyone was like, oh my God, that's so exciting. And then I went through a few days of feeling really excited. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I am, I'm, I'm excited, but I feel like in the back of my mind, I still kind of forget about it sometimes because it's just the training just keeps on rolling. So Kona was obviously your goal. That's, and you've, you're going to achieve that. And we're going to do another one of these post Kona because we're going to have to, mate, because I, I need to know all about yeah. it. Um, and I just, yeah, we'll just do a blow by blow for the entire, even if it, even if it, goes wonderfully well or wonderfully bad. I think it, it'll be a fantastic thing. I, I actually think it's going to go super well for you. I think you're going to have an absolute ball in it. But if there was one event, so. and we'll, we'll move Kona away, but if there was one event you could wave a magic wand and you could be at ready to go, what would it be? Is it Kona? Is it another one? I think so. I feel like for me, once I knew that, because obviously I knew about kind of like going into Kansas that first time, but then when I um, qualified that first time, I was like, well, I can do this. So I feel like from then on, it's just been, as everyone knows from my Instagram, it's just been Kona, Kona, Kona. So having those two races, I wish I had that wand when those two didn't go to plan, but I'm glad finally now this is going to plan. And I'm not sure what's going to be next. Maybe an ultra marathon or probably something yeah. crazy that was going to be my next question was what are you and I, I i don't know what you're like but i know i plan i plan post events now like i, I know what i'm doing and i know what I'm, I'm doing you know in september this year but um yeah. i'm also thinking ahead to what after that because in the past you know i've when i did my first iron man i didn't have many plans past that and i got to that point and it was just like i felt really flat and empty and i didn't have directions so um yeah what uh, an ultra marathon or is, have you got any other ideas for post Kona in terms of what you might head towards or will you stay in triathlon or you don't know yet I think so um I definitely would like to like doing the half Ironman still try and probably do world championships I always said there's no way I'd ever take a slot for uh Nice but I think now that I've qualified for Kona, I probably would take that slot. Um, and I think the half Ironman world chance is definitely like next year it's in New Zealand. So mm. there's a few of us that want to try and qualify for that. So I think that definitely stay on the Ironman path once you, for me, like once I started, it's just yeah. what's next, what's next, what's next. Well, I'd like to do some racing in Europe. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, and look, and speaking of nice, yeah, you know, and nice, um, I guess I was a little bit of, oh, it's not Kona, but I have very strongly jumped onto the onto the bandwagon of, hey, it's a world champs, and and it's and when they released the course for Nice, I actually genuinely got excited. It was just like, oh, whereas I, I know I, I understand what Kona is, and it's got the heritage and the history and everything behind it, but um, there's not much about that bike leg that excites me in Kona. It just looks bloody hot. Um, whereas Nice, it, you know, and I, I love going up hills and there's some hills. So, you know, the, the yeah. Europeans over there are going to hand, hand it to me on my backside, but that's okay. I'm going to love doing it. So um, I'll yeah. report back. I'll tell you how good it is. So uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think I was definitely on that, that thing too, that Kona's it and there's nothing else. But probably like I guess from your perspective, for me, I'm young 
So it's like I always said I wanted to qualify for kind of before I was 30. So if I didn't qualify this time, I'd still had on 27 now. So I still had two years. <laughs> but but for me, I've got like, a few you know, years I'm on you, mate. I, I didn't start triathlon until <laughs> my mid 30s. So, you know, I, when I was 27, I had a five year old and I was dealing with, you know, uh, primary school and kids. And I actually wasn't doing much at all um, sport wise. Yeah. yeah, I would sort of pretty much stop. So, you know, make hay, mate. <laughs> That's my, my yeah. advice. Make hay. So, yeah, so I'm, definitely I think probably Nice and then hopefully the Half Ironman World Champs next year. Very, very cool. And maybe an overseas race in there if I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ross is my um, is my big bucket list one. Um, that's that, That'll be a few years down the track, but it's definitely there. I want to get over to New Zealand um, just yep. because it's, I guess, the local one that's not in Australia and I've done all the other ones a couple of times now, so... I'd like to get over to yep. New Zealand and do that one. Um, cool. All right. So a um, few short, sharp, quick questions just to we'll, we'll finish up. Um, yep. So um, what sort of bike do you ride? A canyon. A canyon. Nice. Um, and I'm very jealous of your um, bike box by Alan in the very bright um, fluoro pink. It looks amazing. Have you actually travelled with it yet? Oh, I guess you did to Cairns, didn't you? Yeah, to Cairns. Uh, amazing. They're really good. They're so easy and I'm lucky I'm not bike mechanically challenged at all and you know <laughs> I am embarrassed to say this really <laughs> taking the wheels off sometimes is <laughs> too much for me but I'm lucky my friend Louise she has one as well so yep. and she's going to Lardy yep so she helped me break it down but literally all you have to do is take the wheels off and that's it Oh, there's a good little shout out for Bike Box by Alan. If they happen to stumble across this tiny little um, episode and they hear about it, yeah, hit me up, guys. Yeah, I'm, little spots I'm in the market. <laughs> I'm in the market. Um, definitely, they're expensive, but I think definitely worth investing the money. And yeah, they're excellent. so easy to wheel through the airport. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, first time I saw them in the flesh, so to speak, was um, Bustleton last year. Um, and, you know, a lot of people had their bikes left back in melbourne but there were two people and they had one of those each and they look like a tank coming out of the out of the um the plane but uh in the in the um i think i saw a photo i'm not sure if it was you or someone sent it to me of all the cyclone bags and everyone's suitcases just chucked in the middle of the yeah that was that was the photo that i snuck when they um because I got my well, my bike was delivered first out of everyone of the forty odd bikes that were in there. I was first because I was staying a bit further north, so he forgot the paperwork. And when he walked back around to the front of the truck, I quickly got my phone out and took this photo because I just couldn't believe it. It was just like, oh my god, it was it was yeah, heart attack inducing. Um, <laughs> all right, um, what about your favourite place to, if you were to ride your bike anywhere, um, yeah, and you ride a fair bit around Geelong, but also elsewhere, what's your what's your favourite place to ride? That's a good question. I I loved America was pretty epic. Like riding over there, obviously you can't get there all the time. Um, Cairns too. Like I just anything that's tropical and warm. And has hills. I love it. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Um, and there was another one that just came to mind then, and I can't remember. Oh, that favorite session. Like if you see something pop up Ooh. in training peaks, what what is the one where you just sort of go, Oh, yes, I've got that and I'm happy about it? Thursday long runs and Saturday long rides for me. Sucker for punishment, my God. 
Mine's a mine's a um. It's usually between an hour to an hour and a half run, um, and it's yep. usually fairly easy. But then there'll be ten to fifteen efforts in the middle, so a bit of a warm up, bit of a cool down, and then in the middle there's a there's a there's efforts, and I love that session. Yep. I don't know why. I just always feel really good, and those efforts will either range between thirty seconds up to two minutes. Um, yeah. But I get to get to the end of it, and yeah, I always feel really good with that one. But the long ride, I do, the long run. I love those uh, the short efforts. Sometimes you know when they're like a minute thirty or a minute, you're just like, oh, it's done, <laughs> <laughs> done and dusted. Or when you get to um, uh, when you get to recovery week, and it's just sort of like, oh, thank Christ, I can just breathe for a bit, which is nice as well. One hundred percent. Awesome, mate. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Anyone you want to shout out to? Anything you want to bring up? I don't think so. Thanks for having me though. I was, once I seen that you had a podcast, I was like, oh, someone's podcast I can go on. <laughs> Absolutely. And look, um, you know, you are number one. You're the first person I've actually interviewed for this. So you are, you know, Kayla Morton, the guinea pig as well. Yeah. Exciting. Awesome, mate. Well, um, yeah, as I said um, beforehand, we'll look at getting this out just before, um, uh, before Ironman uh, over in Kona. Yep. Um, and I'll, make it sound all nice for you as well or as best I can anyway given that I yeah. you know I, I don't have yeah. a background in this stuff I'm just yeah finding my I way I love along. it though you're having a go having a go so no we'll get it out but um, I'm really looking forward to tracking your progress and um, congratulations again on um, on qualifying for Kona it's been a big goal thank yours you. and um, it's really really exciting for you so well done thank you so much looking awesome. forward to seeing you race in your two <laughs> world championship events too yeah thanks mate awesome Thanks for listening to the Aussie Age Gripper. Please feel free to find us on Facebook or Instagram. If I can ask a favour, please subscribe, give us a rating, and if you know someone who you think might enjoy this, please share it with them. So, Season 2 now is underway. It's going to be slightly different to Season 1. There won't be a podcast every single week. Um, I'll put them out sort of as a bit of an ad hoc um, process. Uh, We'll put another one out in a couple of weeks' time, um, and we'll do that right leading right up to Christmas, where we'll then have a little bit of a break, and uh, I'll get a bit of a chance to um, put together a bit of a season three. Uh, If you know someone that you think would make a good subject for me to have a chat to, please reach out via either of our socials, uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Just look up the Aussie Age Grouper, uh, shoot me a message and uh, we'll we'll get something organised. We will chat to you shortly. See you later.